0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, September 28, 2018. We are reading from the big book on page 125, the bottom of the page, Many Alcoholics Are Enthusiasts through four paragraphs ending on page 127 with tolerance, love, and spiritual understanding, and commenting on all four paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Georgina P., 12 Traditions, Esther F., and readers of the text, Lauren N., Kelly S., and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Thursday, September 27th, 7 a.m. meeting,
1: 11969
0: and the 10 a.m. meeting 11971. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions Good
2: morning. This is Georgina T. from Boston. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 4. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God... Sorry. 5. Admitted to God, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of persons we had harmed Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we've tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass.
0: Thank you, Georgina P. And Esther F. will read the 12 Traditions.
3: Good morning. This is Esther F., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 Traditions. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Esther F. How our meeting works. Today we resume our study at the Big Book on page 125, the last paragraph. Many alcoholics are enthusiasts. Through four paragraphs ending with tolerance, love and spiritual understanding. And we will be commenting on all four paragraphs. Lauren N, could you read for us please?
4: This is Lauren N, did you call me?
0: Yes, thank you.
4: Okay lauren N, Compulsive Albreeder, Sugar Addict in New York. Many alcoholics are enthusiasts. They run to extremes. At the beginning of recovery, a man will take as a rule one of two directions. He may either plunge into a frantic attempt to get his feet in business, or he may be so enthralled by his new life that he talks of things or thinks of little else. In either case, certain family problems will arise. With these, we have had experience galore. We think it is it dangerous if he rushes headlong at his economic problem. The family will be affected also pleasantly at first as they feel their money troubles are about to be solved. Then not so pleasantly as they find themselves neglected. Dad may be tired at night and preoccupied by day. He may take, a small, take small interest in the children and may show irrit, irritation when reproved for his delinquencies. If not irritable, he may seem dull and boring, not gay and affectionate as family would have him be. Mother may complain of intention. They are all disappointed and often let him feel it. Beginning with such complaints, a barrier arises. He is straining every nerve to make up for lost time. He is striving to recover fortune and reputation and feels he is doing very well. Sometimes mother and children don't think so. Having been neglected and misused in the past, they think father owes them more than they are getting. They want him to make a fuss over them. They expect him to give them the nice times they used to have before he, dra- he drank so much. And to show his contrition for what they suffered. But dad doesn't give freely of himself. Resentment grows, he becomes still less communicative. Sometimes he explodes over trite, trifle. The family is mystified. mystified. They criticize, point out how he is failing, sorry, falling down on his spiritual program. This sort of thing can be avoided. Both father and family are mistaken. Though each side may have some justification, it is of little use to argue and only makes the impasse worse. The family must realize that dad Though Marvelously improved is still convalescing, they should be thankful he is sober and able to be of this world once more. Let them praise his progress. Let them remember that his drinking wrought all kinds of damage that may take long to repair. If they sense these things, they will not take so seriously his periods of crankiness, depression, or apathy, which will disappear when there is tolerance, love, and spiritual spiritual understanding. Thank you all for letting me read that. Um, wow, do I see myself in that. Um, Lynn, please... Please time me um, my I was so enthusiastic when i found when I found o a and then when I found vision and when I got here, I realized i was just I was just talking about nothing else, and I was so i was that first paragraph nothing I was so enthralled and everybody could have this recovery too and I tried to push it on my whole family and I was and everybody was like wait a minute you know we've been here without this recovery and doing just fine and they didn't understand why I was pushing it on them and um, and I have gotten to what is described in the last paragraph as I with, I find it in myself and also in my way of being with my son and my loved ones is that I realize that I used to cause so much pain and suffering around me that I just have to remember that everyone around me is doing the best they can, and maybe they are not ready to get here. They can get here when they want or when they need. They have to get to their bottom, not my bottom and I'm able to let them get there and not try and save them anymore um, and I also for the most part, I'm able to love my son even when he's cranky and depressed and um, able to let go of his illness and his problems and know that he'll find it, he'll find recovery when he's ready And to still love him anyway, as they say, giving love and loving regardless of where his recovery is and also mine. And knowing that the best I can do for myself is to give myself just the tolerance Love and spiritual understanding I need for today, where I am today, and with that, I pass. Thank you all.
0: Thank you, Lauren N. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once, as it helps me hear
5: everyone. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Valerie B. Anyone else? Yvonne D. H. Barbara D. Is that Margaret D.? Barbara D. Barbara,
0: thank you. OK, let me tell you the lineup I have now, just to see if I missed anybody. I have Lisa B.,
5: Valerie B., Yvonne D.H., I think it was, and Barbara B. Is there anyone else? OK, let's start with Lisa B.
0: And if you're not Lisa B, could you please check? To make sure that you are muted. Lisa, please go ahead.
6: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you, Lynn, for your service. And I'm so grateful for this rich reading. Um, The last line, um, it says here, crankiness depression or apathy which will disappear when there is tolerance love and spiritual understanding and what that is saying to me is that in the atmosphere of god's spirit there is harmony and freedom i call my higher power god so in the atmosphere of my higher power there is harmony and freedom and that can go out into all around me you know all around me and i'm i'm reminded that i'm living in the world of the spirit once i look at those 10-step promises and um that it's that really um that has such a powerful effect that has a much more powerful effect than um the world of the material, and it can it can change so much, and I need to get into that atmosphere of the spirit on a regular basis, because this illness, this spiritual malady, which I know now to be fatal as a result of going through this book and understanding who and what I really am, because I tended to minimize this uh, compulsive overeating, like, oh, it's not really doing that much harm. It's not like it's drugs or alcohol, but you know what? It is the same. It's all the same. And um, that atmosphere of the spirit is my lifeline it is the fuel it is everything for me and when i'm confronted with crankiness and depression or apathy in myself or people around me and the world around me and that does seem to be a natural state for the world and for people around me um, i need to press in deeper into that higher power and let that root, the roots within me go down deeper and deeper and bring that wonderful, nourishing, rich atmosphere out and let it go out and be a blessing to the world. And it nourishes me so that when I'm not getting that nourishment from others, you know, I am nourished and I am carried. So I had to get recovered. I had to get abstinent. I had to get recovered, and I had to get into this book, work with someone who had a working knowledge of this book who's experienced the transformation and could try and carry that message to me. And now I do that, try to do that um, with God's grace.
0: So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Valerie B., it's your turn, followed by Yvonne D. H.,
7: Hello, this is Valerie B, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I'm calling the I mean uh, I'm just so grateful for this program and I can relate to what you know what we just read because when I first came to the program I was so excited. I kind of did both. You know, I was I was so excited, I, I belonged to a, um, I belonged to another program. And I was talking about my newfound recovery like there was no tomorrow. And I don't know that I did the program, our program, uh, justice because everybody was getting so irritated with me. But I was so excited about it, I just couldn't keep quiet. And, um, and you know, and, and they've seen in me since I've, since I've calmed down um, a little bit um, that, uh, you know, that, I, that I've been maintaining a 50-pound weight loss and that my life has totally changed. I, um, you know, I've, I've uh, you know, I've, I've gotten, uh, I've increased, let me see, I've really prospered in my, in the field that I work in, and, um, and uh, you know, I, I have, I'm maintaining good relationships with the people that I work with, which is a miracle because there was always somebody or, you know, some, there was always somebody that I used to, you know, really clash with. And now, you know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, do living amends with, you know, with people that, you know, there's a little bit of static with and whatever. And, uh, and I love doing the 10 steps about that. So I'm really, I'm so grateful for the, for the way this um, program changes my life every day and um, and and my family, my family, uh, my family sees it. And uh, I mean, they, they don't live with me anymore. I have adult children, but but our relationships are so much closer. And it's not all about me anymore. I'm I'm able to be there for them, um, and I'm so grateful for that. It's not it, it's not my well, it's not my doing. It's following the steps and you know allowing allowing my higher power to take the lead. And um, thank you for letting me share, and um, I pass.
0: Thank you, Valerie B. Yvonne D. H., it's your turn, followed by Barbara D. Hi, good morning, everybody.
8: I'm Yvonne D. H. I'm calling from Germany. Oh, reading struck me, especially this part where it says that The alcoholic was so excited about his new life and he was always talking about spiritual matters and this exactly happened to me. Many, many years I've been in this program and when I first heard about this, the 12 steps and my first meetings and my sponsor and everything I was learning, I started to talk with my companion about this and I I couldn't stop. And I was like missionary, like preaching, and you should do this too, and this is so great, so I knew how I knew what was to do and what was good for him until that hurt a lot because he he listened to me because he's very polite <laughs> and um uh, with the years i I've learned. How damaging this was! How harmful this was for myself, as I couldn't keep this for myself and be a model for him by my action, by doing well, what I was doing, and not what I was saying. That's a tradition in I think twelve in twelve steps. And now I it's much 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 better. I don't do that anymore. Sometimes in a very humorous way I relate to the 12 steps because he knows, he sees that I work in the 12 steps. He sees that I I live in a very different li- uh, world now. And he sometimes says to me, you've changed so much, you've changed so much. And of course, I know he means for the good. So uh, my hope, of course, is that... Some day he starts asking me because that's what my sponsor used to say that time. he used to say he said to me don't uh don't say anything before you are not if you're not being asked so that I remember that, and um he passed away, and I remember his words, and uh as long as he doesn't ask me i do I make my effort to not talk about this um um because i know it's going to be harmful for him and for me it has nothing to do with spirituality uh it has to do with ego it has to do with i know better i know better and i know he has his spirituality and my hope is of course it is that he one day starts asking me hey what are you what what is all this about or so or no or, or how do you do this or something like that and then i would be able to to talk to him and tell him, or say, or, or ask him, do you want to come with him to a meeting with me? Something like that. But I cannot say anything without him uh, asking me. So it's not a matter of him; it's a matter of me. It's about me. It's all in this case. It's all about me, and I have to and I want to grow day by day, listening to all of you, uh, doing what I have to do. I know what I have to do. trust uh, the book, big book gives me clear cut directions, and there's nothing i somehow there's nothing I don't know anymore at the beginning of this program, program were a lot of things I didn't know, but now I know, and if I don't know, I ask you I ask you, I ask my sponsor I ask god um I listen to Sorry meetings to I read, thank you so much, I'll wrap up, and so I don't have to know what is good for other people and with this, I pass.
0: And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Yvonne D H and Barbara D. It's your turn. Thank you. This is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. I love looking at the word convalescing. The the family must realize that Dad, though marvelously improved, is still convalescing. The reason I love looking at this is because it was a very significant turning point for me because it impacted me with the fact that I am a sick person I wasn't looking so much for the family to see that I'm making progress in convalescing but I needed to say to myself this is a sickness you are a sick person granted coming out of the food the changes emotionally the growth in a spiritual life All were good. But if I went to excess in recovery, doing things that I was trying to make up for in my own past, not that my family was expecting me to do this, but that I was expecting myself to make up for lost time, and even that excess was not good for my treatment of this disease, I needed to, and I can remember very well, sit down in a chair in my bedroom and say, Barbara, treat yourself like a patient, a patient, a person who has been sick, who has been ill, and now you need to be calm, to do healthy things. So I was moving towards treating myself as through going through a period of convalescence. What a helpful concept that is and was and continues to be for me. So the giving of tolerance, as it says, tolerance love, and spiritual understanding. It's fine if it comes from my family, but it really is a call to me to give those things to myself in the treatment of this illness. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara D. Just a reminder, if you came on perhaps a little later, we are on page 125, the third paragraph, Many Alcoholics Are Enthusiasts through four paragraphs, ending with tolerance, love, and <coughs> spiritual understanding, and commenting on all four paragraphs. And who would like to share?
1: Bonnie
9: B. G.
10: Sorry, I heard two people at the same time.
9: Jim
11: Y. Amy, Roz, Amy
10: G. from Maryland.
5: Bonnie Roz B. Ros G. <laughs> Roz G. Okay, hang
0: on a second. I'll just tell you who I got, and we'll see who I met. There was somebody, G, from Maryland. Who was that? Amy. For? Amy. Great, Amy. Okay. And then
5: I got Jim Y, Bonnie B, and Roz G. Did I miss anybody? Okay, let's go with that lineup. Barbara. Line up.
9: Barbara e. Okay,
5: Barbara, I got you there. Thank you. Let's go with that lineup.
0: And if you aren't Amy G., can you please check and make sure you're muted? And Amy, could you start for us, please?
10: Hey, I'm gonna need you to put someone in front of me, uh, please, i just ran into okay. something. Okay. Thank you so much. Jim
0: Y., can you start for us, please?
11: Hi, this is Jim Y. from Atlanta, closer to sugar addict. Um, thank you, everybody, for your shares and, uh, and your leadership today. Um. You know that when I it doesn't say it says loving tolerance and understanding it doesn't say preacher it doesn't say to me um, that I I'm supposed to drive this message uh, in my recovery across my family and to everybody I meet um, it's supposed to be the power of attraction and the, and then if somebody asks uh, what are you doing or then then I can share the message and even then. I have to be careful of how I do it so I don't potentially drive him away. And I think it talks about that in the big book. Um, if you look when, uh, you know, when Bill first got recovery, he kind of saw somebody, you know, he sat with somebody, saw somebody that had something and recovered and, and a light that he asked about. And then all of a sudden he was, he was told that, you know, he's said, I found religion. Um, and, and I've noticed for me, you know, when, when I start, Preaching to people, or if I'm talking to somebody and they have a problem, um, whenever I start trying to come up with a solution, my ego is taken over because I because now I think I have the solution to solve their problem um, when really it it should be God that they should be looking for and and not and not always me just trying to come up with a solution. And I've had that happen to me recently. That's why this message is so real to me right now. Um, and in many cases in my life, both from my brother and my sister and my wife, um, where, you know, I, I have to really, you know, make sure that I'm just, just loving, understanding and understanding, and being patient, and just being there to listen, and not be the guy that says, oh, I found this 12-step program that's going to solve your problem. Um, and, and even though that'll solve my problem in many, many ways in my life, and has really helped me in huge ways um very seldom a lot of people ask me you know what do you think i should do jim (laughs) a lot of people don't ask me that um and and that's because maybe i'm always just giving my solution too soon and i should just be listening and, and not giving my giving my solution to solve their problem um and when i do that i definitely know it's my ego taking over and that's my biggest character defect is my ego uh thinking that i can solve everybody's problem with that i'll pass thanks
0: Thank you, Jim Y. Bonnie B., it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Go ahead, Bonnie.
1: Thank you. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service. Uh, I so appreciate being on on the phone with everybody, including Germany and all those other wonderful places. Uh, I'm a little over a month um, in uh, OA by way of vision and so i feel like i hit the road running with the vision um program because it's such hard hitting and good stuff and i i kind of have noticed that my relationship to my recovery now in oa is like a re, a romantic relationship um for the first month i was just so in love um i'm pretty sure peptides were popping adrenaline was running um I I feel like I could have given a very successful TED Talk um, about all the things that are making sense to me and, and how I'm feeling free. And, uh, you know, people are tolerant with those who are in that love stage. You know, everybody loves a lover and you just kind of wait for them to come out of that. Um, and so I was talking up the storm with friends and one person kind of yanked my chain and said, you know, you're, you're like really over the top. You might want to look at that. I love friends who help you, and uh, I didn't need to check in myself. What happened was I I really hit the power struggle stage of a relationship hard, and I had this like perfect storm yesterday. It was brewing, but I didn't know it was, and um, you know, I'm just like the opposite now. Um, I think a romantic stage of a relationship is an illusion because it isn't all perfect. We didn't find the answer to eternal happiness and got it right away and i know my power struggle stage is an illusion too i think this whole program sucks except i want what you have and i i i've got to give i appreciated people saying i've got to give myself tolerance i've got to give myself love and understanding to understand this relationship i'm in now i want to get to real love I want to get to love me, warts and all, and you, warts and all, and be able to go of service in a more clear way. Um, I, it's, I, I've got such amazing help because I was fortunate to be able to reach out. and My sponsor has helped me. Other people in the vision have helped me. Um, I, I just got told to do a mini four-step on all the crap that happened yesterday, and I was as resistant as a bull. And it's this morning. And I don't feel terrific, but I think I'm closer to what what this program is all about, of taking it on life's terms. And I, I just so appreciate listening every morning. Um, I those who are really brand brand new might want to know that there are stages, and you can get through them. Um, thanks for letting me share my path.
0: Thank you, Bonnie B. And Amy G., it's your turn, followed by Roz G.
10: Hi, my name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Uh, thank you kindly for moving me down. I had to get to a point where I could pull over. Um, anyways, let them remember that his drinking wrought all kinds of di- damage that may take. Uh, long to repair there's a quote in the big book and i can't remember where but they say you know just putting down the alcohol or for us the food is like a guy coming out of a tornado shelter and looking at all the damage around him and going hey ma ain't it grand the wind isn't blowing but there's damage everywhere and the reality was when i came out of the hellhole of my compulsive overeating there was there was damage there was fam- familial damage there was damage everywhere I looked, and uh, what my sponsor kept telling me was to keep working the steps, keep staying abstinent, and don't worry about the rest of it. It will, you know, we will get, we will go through it. It is a one-day-at-a-time program. I can't even remember how many times my sponsor would say, keep the focus on you. It's a one-day-at-a-time program. And, I mean, like others have said, I, I was a very much an enthusiast, but, but, but more out of fear of relapse than anything else. I went to every meeting I could go to. I went to um, every, uh, you know, women's retreat I could go to. I You know, I called everyone I could think of. I mean, I did it because I was enthusiastic about my recovery and never wanting to go back. They told me, those, in those in whom the problem had been solved, they said there was a way out and that they had it and I believed in it and they said, just do this, and I did it. As a matter of fact, you know, I was told not to think. I was told to just do. And that worked for me because my mind was still warped. And I had all sorts of ideas, old ideas that I needed to continually let go of as I progressed through the steps and realized that that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery was a process and that that process of working through the steps would bring that about and also a relationship with a higher power. I needed that power source. But I think what I love about the end of this paragraph where it says, you know, his periods of crankiness, depression, apathy, I mean, these are people that have experienced this. This wasn't just done on research. This is people in whom the problem had been solved, who realized that as they get out there in life, there was going to be periods of crankiness, depression. Life just wasn't going to be a pink cloud just because I got abstinent. I was still going to be human. You know, as they say, never rise above being human. And I was going to have to deal with the crankiness and the depression. I mean, hell, I still can deal with crankiness. But now I have a program, and I have a higher power, and I have a fellowship, and I am equipped now with different tools where I can pick up a phone, I can talk to someone, and understand that with love and spiritual understanding amongst my fellows, I can handle these emotions. These emotions used to terrify me, and they used to wreak havoc in my family. But now I have other options, and I'm so grateful for this program. And thank you all for the meeting today, and with that, I'll pass.
5: Thank you, Amy G. Roz G., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. morning. My name is Roz G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in
12: Lancaster, California. And when I see the word re- extreme here, they, you know, alcoholics or compulsive eaters are enthusiasts, enthusiasts, and they run to extremes. I ran. Every time that I find something new, I run to an extreme. I think actually I'm getting better as recovery uh, is getting deeper. You know, as I progress in recovery, I get, I'm getting better at this. But what I used to hear all the time is do everything in moderation, you know, whether it's eating or anything else. And I used to think that's a great saying, but I never could follow it. Everything I got involved in, I plunged into and took it all on. And I have to say something about phone meetings for here for me. Um, I, I I live in an area where there's not a whole heck of a lot of meetings, so I used to drive maybe about forty five minutes to an hour to to meetings and an on, on OA meeting, particularly on Fridays. This was before I I learned of anything about phone meetings, and the lady mentioned phone meetings, and so I got onto every phone meeting possible, and I'm I'm being I'm being a little exaggerating here, but get the idea I spent a lot of times on phone meetings. I walked around the house with headphones or earbuds constantly. And my kids would say to me, Mom, can I talk to you for a minute? Or they were trying or they would talk to me and I'd be quiet because I'd be on mute <laughs> <laughs> because I was always on a phone meeting. It was it was too much. It was an extreme. And I was neglecting face to face relationships because I was so enthusiastic about not having to drive very far away and you know, I wasn't giving seven traditions to the phone meetings, and it just got to be too much. And so I have to, you know, I have to look at how many phone meetings I'm attending. How how many meetings am I attending? Do I have friends face-to-face, whether they're in OA or not? Have I even started a meeting in my area so that I can have friends face-to-face? These are questions that I, you know, I need to, to ask myself, because it's too much fo- social media and too much phones for me is an extreme and I don't have people in my life that I can touch and feel and hug. I do, but I need I need balance instead of being a person who, who runs to extremes. And, you know, it's just recovery. It's just another thing I need to learn so that I can um, live happily amongst my fellows and especially at home with my family. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
9: Thank you, Roz G. and Barbara E. It's your turn. Thank you so much, and again, thank you, everyone. It's been such an honor being on Team Friday this month. Many alcoholics are enthusiastic and run to extremes. I was so giddy when I felt the 10-step promises coming true. I did plunge into a a frantic attempt to answer every phone call, to take on multiple sponsees, spending hours on the phone with each of them, reading whole chapters with other members whose sponsors had asked them to call members and get them, if they could, to read an entire chapter with them. I never said no. Um, My family, especially my son who lives with us, did begin to feel neglected and resentful of my extreme behavior. And yes, I did tell him How vital this work was my to keeping in fit spiritual condition. But that didn't calm his ruffled feathers. It appeared to him that I gave everything to them and nothing to him. I had to personally remember that this program and the principles apply in all my affairs. My family could not suffer again, but in a different way. Prior to working the steps, I was preoccupied with food, my body image, weight, diet, hiding, disposing. I was dishonest and manipulative. And here now I was engaging in being inconsiderate, demanding, and selfish again in the name of recovery. What I did have to learn was moderation in my zeal. I must not be cocky enough to think that it was me who needed to carpet the whole world. Someone a few days ago referenced the redwood trees with their uh, roots that did not go deep, but they they were the biggest, tallest trees in the world, and they were wonderful. I like to just reference the saguaro in Arizona whose roots do go deep. So when there's a lack of water, they droop over, but they are replenished by the water that they've gotten from the roots that go deep. And for me, that's what this program is. The roots are going deep. They keep me replenished. But again, moderation. And I do remember when Big Book Thumpers came to our No Nonsense Beginner Tool meeting, and starting to preach the big book, we were resistant. We were working the tools, and here was a group of women saying, you're not going to stay recovered. You're going to go back to the food if you don't do the steps. Oh, I'm sorry. I was resistant, but I did come to believe the steps are so vital. Thank you, I do pass. Thank you,
0: Barbara E. For those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 125, the third paragraph, Many Alcoholics Are Enthusiasts, through four paragraphs ending with Tolerance, Love, and Spiritual
5: Understanding. Who would like to share? Oh, yes.
13: Kelly
0: S. Yes. Gotcha, Kelly. I have Kelly and Sorry. I have Leah.
5: Terry C. Any was that Sherry C. Terry with a T. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, let me tell you our
0: lineup. Then we'll go with Kelly S. Leah M. And Terry C. Kelly, could you start us off, please?
13: Sure. Thanks, Lynn. This is Kelly S. Recovered uh, compulsive over here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sorry, I'm having allergies, starting to sound like a Harlan, huh? Anyway, um, I really like this paragraph. I love this chapter. I just love this chapter. And um, you know, when I came in this program, I know other people shared this, but um, yeah, I'm an extremist. You know, I go from zero to sixty pretty darn fast, and you know, yes, it's important that we work these steps. Like our hair is on fire, but I can't come into my family and be like, my hair is on fire. I have to work these steps. You guys have to understand me. Oh my God, I have to answer this phone call. I know we're in the middle of dinner, but I have to answer this. This person might need me. You know, uh, okay, we're in a movie. Pause. I have to You know, I have to answer this phone. And let me tell you guys, it may sound funny, but I kind of did that at the beginning and that doesn't really go well with your family and so i want them to understand i'm trying to get better because i want them to go mom wow you're amazing or you know honey look at all the stuff you you know you're really growing and changing and i'm telling you as it says in this chap, this paragraph resentment grows i never thought my family would say do you have to answer that phone call because i have never liked phone calls (laughs) you know So it's kind of funny that I have this amazing network. But anyway, as other people shared, you know, I've had to find balance because, you know, I was trying to make up for – I was wanting to get fixed now. You know, I wanted this recovered stuff. I wanted the stuff you guys had. I wanted to hurry up and work this program so my family would give me the accolades that we read earlier. Well, that doesn't go well, obviously, either. And sometimes, you know, I think – you know, it talks about um, if not irritable, he may seem dull and boring, not gay and affectionate as the family would like him to be. You know, there's times probably I'm sure they're like, oh, my God, Mom, just stop. You know, let's just go back like it was because, you know, they didn't always understand what was going on, you know. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's always kind of a big deal. You know, my phone calls, you know, yesterday my daughter came over and I was like, you know, I have a sponsee, I need to talk to. And, you know, I'm just having to find balance and moderation. I mean, it's taken me a while. Those last paragraph, I think about, (laughs) sorry, um let them praise his progress this to me this last paragraph is really great for myself you know i have to remember i have to uh, praise my progress i have to praise my family's progress um it's going to take a long time to repair you know we can never rise above our humanness as it says and tolerance love and spiritual understanding as somebody else shared that's what i need to have i need to have for myself i need to have for my family i need to realize this process and I need to be here with you guys and remember, you know, uh, I can't rise above my humanness. It's going to take time. I've got to find balance. Yes, I worked my steps like my hair is on fire, but I have to do it with kindness, loving, and tolerance and remember my family. Remember the people around me that I've hurt, you know, and uh, and I just, it, it's a process. I just got to tell you guys, you know, we don't get fixed overnight. Dang it. And uh But this way, this life is so much better than it ever used to be. And I'm just so grateful that I'm showing up. Okay, I'll wrap up with this. I'm just grateful to be showing up and doing the work today because I didn't do that for a long time. Glad to be here. Thanks, Lynn.
0: Thank you, Kelly S. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Terry C. Thank
14: you very much for your service appreciate it. Let them remember that is drinking wrought all kinds of damage that may take long to repair. You know, these kind of statements that are threaded through this chapter remind me, and that's been my experience that recovery is not an overnight sensation. Um, it is a process, and not only is it a process for me, the compulsive overeater, but to those uh whom, you know, I touched my life touches. Um, you know, in the beginning, in the early infancy stages of recovery, uh the withdrawal stages, you know, the adjustment to re- a life of recovery based on recovery, you know, that for sure, you know, all my energy and time. <laughs> and I had the ability to do that. I was newly married. I had no children. Um, You know, that was necessary during that time, and it has been a process of, you know, how do I make recovery the focus of my life and yet attend to all the blessings and abundance around me, um, because recovery does enable me to be um, a better wife, a better mother, a better sister, daughter, community member. Um, you know, I'm reminded that it takes more time to build, you know, than it does to destroy. So, um, you know, it has been a process of of rebuilding rebuilding my mind casting aside old ideas emotions and attitudes thinking i knew best for new ideas emotions and attitudes and new awarenesses and, you know, as I became established in this new relationship with recovery, new relationship with God, I became less and less interested in myself, in my own demands, my own specifications, my own wishes, and more and more interested in what I could contribute to life and to what I could contribute to the relationships around me. These principles, these steps uh, that I applied and continue to apply in my daily life keep me from drowning in self absorption, keep me from drowning in in victimhood, keep me focused on the fact that I am responsible today. I, have, I am responsible for my recovery, my attitudes, my actions, my behavior, my words. Um, keep me from drowning uh, in, my, you know, in my selfishness and focus my attention on the fact that I have a purpose, a purpose which transcends my personal, personal desires, that I ha- I'm serving a new employer today. And part of that job description is being a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, um, and all these, a community member, a recovered member wrapping up. And so how do I do all that? Uh, I don't do it well. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't do it well. But um, I know the focus ain't me. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry M. And Terry C., you'll
15: be our last share this morning. Please go ahead. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, my name is Terry C. I'm a recovered compulsive odor reader from New Jersey. Um, I'm reading these paragraphs this morning, and I can't help but think of the sick al that uh, you know that I live with, and uh, that I was growing up. And I read statements like, um, "If not irritable, he may seem dull and boring, not gay and affectionate as the family would like him to be." Um, and then the next paragraph says. They want him to make a fuss over them. They expect him to give them the nice times they used to have before he drank so much. Um, I don't know that I was ever gay and affectionate. Uh, I don't know if I ever made a fuss over anybody or gave them nice times. Um, And and when I was in back to the 40s um, and studying the book the way they did in in the the early 40s, I remember they impressed upon us that uh, when we did our fourth step, ninety eight percent of what we think went went wrong never really happened. And um and in our book it says the wrongdoings of others, fancied or real. And uh I think about how um you know the expectations are so strong when somebody changes. The expectations of myself were mm-hmm. so strong in having this program that it was natural to want to go to a utopia or a place that never could exist and definitely never did exist. So um, I just, you know, kind of chuckle when I read this, but I know that today I have a fighting chance to be affectionate toward my family, to be happy and gay when I'm around them, you know, to give them nice times, not perfect times, nice times. Um, And just so grateful, you know, I, I, I know that I, you know, I'm a I'm a product of the T V generation and sure I want to be June Cleaver. Um, you know, sure I wanna be, you know, uh I wanna be Mary Tyler Moore. I want to be all those mothers who I thought were so perfect. And I think there's a tendency when, when a person gets well to have the extreme because the families lived so long in the uh, you know, in the in the in the craziness and in the insanity. So I'm just so grateful to read this today and kind of glean from it what's real and uh and still know that uh god makes god makes all these things possible with that i'll pass
0: thank you terry c and thank you to everyone who shared and thank you for team friday for their month of service this september georgina p esther f lauren n kelly s barbara e anna k and w Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Their share ID for today's meeting, Friday the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11974. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kelly yes, please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
13: Yes, thank you, Lynn, for your service. Kelly S. in Oklahoma Recovered. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.